I want to say that it's my pleasure to be here and be part of this uh, weekend meeting that you prepare as a congregation here in Bakersfield. And it's an honor and undeserved privilege to stand before you and be your preacher during this weekend meeting. We hope and pray that what we're going to study these three days will help us to be the kind of Christians and children of God that we ought to be. That is our goal, our challenge that we have to face on a daily basis. Tonight, we're going to talk about passion. Yes, we need to be passionate people. That's the only way to succeed. If you don't have passion, hardly you're going to succeed. So we need passion. We're going to talk about the word passion. But we don't care only about this word. This word, many people have passion for the wrong things. It means nothing. But we're going to talk tonight about passion for God, our Heavenly Father. So we're going to talk about passion for God tonight. But we're going to try to define what uh, that word passion means. The basis for our lesson is found in Romans chapter 12 and verse 11. The Bible says, not lacking in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Passion is defined as intense drive or overmastering feeling or conviction, a strong desire for or devotion to some activity, object, or concept. Passion is synonymous of fervor, enthusiasm, and zeal, which fuels or motivates to our compelling action. Nothing, nothing great is ever accomplished in life without passion. Nothing great is ever sustained in life without passion. Passion is what energizes life. Passion is what causes explorers to boldly go where no man's gone before. Passion is what causes scientists to spend late night hours trying to find the cure to a dreaded disease. Passion is actually the deciding factor between successful or unsuccessful people in every field of, of work. The fire that is inside affects every, everything on the outside. That's the way it is. If you have passion inside, everybody's gonna notice. Okay? If you don't, everybody's going to notice, too. That's the same, same, same rule. The writer William Ward said, Enthusiasm and persistence in persistence can make an average person superior. Indifference and lethargy, lethargy can make a superior person average. Of course, of course, uh, success uh, of course, success does not depend on passion alone. 
You can be passionately doing the wrong things and you are going to get nothing positive, nothing good. But the truth is that without passion, you can hardly succeed. Nothing great is ever accomplished with it. It is not lack of talent or skills or lack of training. Their, their lack of fire, fervor, and zeal is the problem. If you want to succeed in any area of life, if you want to accomplish goals in life, if you want to be a successful person, never forget that passion is the ingredient that causes this. Tonight, we're going to talk about passion. Passion for God. Passion for God. We as Christians have, have to realize that we cannot be the kind of children that God uh, wants us to be without passion. Passion gave David a reason to get up in the morning and said, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. The same passion that made David say these words could make us get up in the morning and say, I'm going to be the best Christian that I can be today. I'm going to serve others wanting nothing in return. I want to be the best, uh, or, or I'm going to be uh, the, the best Christian I, I can be. I'm going to share the great news of salvation with my co-workers, classmates, neighbors, friends, or enemies. Yes, I'm going to enjoy today doing the best for the Lord. There is another scripture in Psalm 42, 1 and 2. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Psalm 82, 84 and verse 2. My soul longs, yes, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. What we can see in these three scriptures, we can see passion for God. Passion for God. Well, we're going to talk for a few minutes about this tonight. Going back to the first verse, it says, not lagging in, dilig in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Let's consider this verse and see what we can learn from it. What Paul, what Paul uh, is saying is, keep the fire going in your life. Yes, you are not passionate by nature. This is something that you have to choose to do. Uh, you, you, you get distracted and, and everything in life conspires to keep you from being passionate for, about God. There are so many distractions in this world for young people and old people like me. So we need to 
keep in mind that we need to keep passionate for, for God. Serving is not enough. We need to be fervent in serving the Lord. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Not only serving. Everybody serves. But we need to serve fervent in the spirit, serving the Lord. That's what the Bible says in that verse. It is more than just a question of talent, skill, but desire. Strong desire to serve God and do your best and serve Him with all your heart, with all your mind. We're going to talk more about this later in the lesson. Passion has to do with our heart. It is fire that burns within us that energizes us to do God's will. Without this, serving God is boring, monotonous, and routine. Then Christian life becomes dull. Let's consider another passage. Mark 12, 28 through uh, 31. Then one of the scribes came, and having heard the reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked them, ask him, which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him. The first, com the first of all, the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like, like it, it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than this. As we see in this passage, a teacher of the law once asked Jesus, which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. What Jesus was teaching this scribe is that it is more than just love. You love God. Sometimes we say, I love hamburgers, you know. You know, you use the, the word, whatever. You, I love hamburgers, and then you eat, eat them. That doesn't make sense, huh? You know, it's not just love. It's not just love. No, it is how you love God. What does this involve? It is not just uh, loving with your heart. But the commandment adds with your soul and with your mind and with your strength. It is not one or the other. It is one and the other. All of them together. Now, we, we cannot love him with a portion of our heart, half of our soul, a part of our mind. Or with partial strength. According to the passage that we are considering. We need to love him with all our heart. All of our soul. All of our mind. And all our strength. I think we get the point. We must love. We must love God with all our being. Completely. 
That's what it, it, that passage says and teaches us. He's not talking ju uh, about just love, but the quality of our love. It must be a passionate love, not a half-hearted one. No one that gives a service that is purely external and has no feeling behind it. We must be passionate about God and everything that concerns him. And there is nothing more important than that. It is the most important thing in Christian life. This is the kind of relationship that we must have with God. Here is the amazing thing. In America, it is okay to be passionate about anything except God. I can be passionate about sports, fashion, food, but I cannot be passionate about God. People who are passionate about football game will shout his heads off when their team scores and cry like babies when they lose. No one thinks it's hard. No, no, no. It's a die-hard fan. He is a real fan. That's what the people think, okay? But if you are passionate about God, about your faith, about your relationship with him, then you are a fanatic. That's the way America thinks about the spiritual passion. The opposite, the opposite of passion is apathy or indif indif indifference or lukewarm. We have an example with one of the churches in uh, Revelations 2 and 3. Revelation 3, 14 through 16 says, And the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, This thing says the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold or hot. I could wish, I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Strong statement. But God never asked permission to say whatever he wants to do. He, he can say anything he wants. Pay attention to this scripture. When we are lukewarm, you know, Christians, we have the risk that can be vomited from God. That's what he says in that scripture. So it is so important to realize that we need to be passionate for God. The love is there, but not with the same seal or passion. This can uh, happen in, in friendship, in marriage, parenthood, and in our relationship with God. We still serve God, but no longer with excitement or enthusiasm. Someone described this uh, attitude as serving God in such a way 
as to not offend the devil. Both are happy, okay? The truth is that to be passionate about God is the most important thing in Christian life. Why? Why? First, because God loves us that way. God is, a, is passionate about us. The proof is on the cross. He gave us his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. John 3, 16 tells us. Jesus died for us and gave his life for us. According to John chapter 10 and verse 18. And second, because love, loving God this way fulfills us completely. That's when we become the most happy and satisfied Christians. When we are passionate about God. Now, passion, it is not something that is static or stays the same all the time. Our love is there, but our passion could decline. Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1 in verse 6, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. He's not talking about a new thing that Timothy needs, but reigniting the one he already had. Stir up. Yes, yes, reigniting. It is there, but you need to keep it a place. Guard the flame within you. Don't let the world or, or devil's wind blow it out. A roaring fire will only continue if you steer the wood and coals already in fire. The Apostle Paul's passion was threatened at times, but he refused to let any circumstance, challenge, or crisis beat it out of him. Protect your passion. This, protect your passion for, for God. So we learn that we need to have passion, passion for God. That's the only way that we are going to succeed as Christians, as children of God. That's the only way that we want to enjoy this abundant life that Jesus brought to us, according to John 10, 10. And at the end, everlasting life in heaven with God. Now, how can we stay passionate for the Lord? How? Well, first of all, we must avoid passion killers. You know why we sometimes lose passion? Because there are passion killers. Satan used these passion killers to kill our passion. And to be content doing whatever, you know. Almost nothing. When you have time, tomorrow, you know. Let me talk about several 
passion killers that we need to avoid in order to be passionate to, to God. Number one, <clears throat> and on the land's schedule. That means either if you are overworked or you are underworked, you're going to lose your passion for God. You need balance in your schedule. Look what, he, what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7. Exercise yourself to our godliness. Yes, make exercise. Practice living the Christian life. Growing in the knowledge of God and the will of God. Practice it. Live it. Share it. You know? You need to know Jesus. Not only fact about Jesus. You, you need to have a relationship with him on a daily basis. Intimate relationship. That's what it means, knowing Jesus. You need to live it. Yes, you need to live it. When you live for Jesus, you smell like Jesus. That's what Paul says. Writing to the Corinthian brethren. Yes, we smell like Jesus. When we are in a workplace or school, neighborhood, they smell, hmm, hmm, this smell different. Yes, we smell as Christians, as a children of God. That's what the Bible tells us. We're going to talk about this uh, in another day. And you're going to know that you need to smell like Jesus. And the Bible says that. Yes. We smell like Jesus when we leave Jesus. And then what else? Share. Share Jesus. There are so many people that are dying around us. They, know, they don't know any, anything about Jesus. The Jesus of the Bible. Okay? Co-workers, classmates, friends, neighbors, friends or enemies. You know? And we need to share Jesus. Let me give you five purposes for your life in order to keep balance schedule spiritually. There are five areas, five areas. Number one, you need to have time to worship God. Number one, never forget that. Hebrews 10, 25 is very clear, okay? Not forsaking the assembly. You need to have time. Each time that the Church is called as a church to get together to worship God. You need to be here. Not only Sunday morning. No, no. Not only Sunday morning, Sunday evening. What about middle week services? What do you do in middle week services? Worship God. What, what's the difference? So think about it. You need to have times to fellowship with other believers. This is so important. You need times to read God's word and to grow as a Christian. You need to have time to serve others with your abilities. Your abilities are not for you, are for the benefit of others, okay? And number five, you need times to share your faith with others. Yes, that's what it means, exercise yourself 
toward godliness. What happened? If you study the word of God. And you know a lot about the knowledge of the will of God. And you, you, you don't share that word of God with others. Or what happened if you, you know, you, you, you have uh, a lot of knowledge about God and don't live it. See, comes all together, all together, okay? That's the only way. If not, you're going to lose your passion for God. An unused talent. An unused talent will cause you to, to lose your passion for God. Look what it says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. As each other one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good as towards of the meaningful grace of God. What Peter is saying is, God gives you talents and abilities. Use them well. Now, those talents that you have, that you have received from God, are not for your benefit. They are for the benefit of other people. Your talents are for my benefit. My abilities are for your benefit. You have to use those abilities in the service of other people. God has given you a special role in this world. He wants you to make a contribution with your talents. Remember, if you do not use your talents and abilities, you're going to lose your passion for God. An unclear purpose. Why you're here? Why we are here on this earth? I'm 65, okay? Why I'm here for 65 years? Well, you know, I went to school. Uh, I, 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 I got married. I have children and grandchildren. That's my purpose in life. No, 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 no. That is not the purpose of, for my life here. No, no. Well, to have a good job, a good job, and have a good home, and no, that is not the purpose. No, no. Sometimes we have an own clear purpose. Why we are here? That's why we lose our passion for God. When we forget. Or we don't know the purpose of our lives here on earth. We're going to lose our passion. Look what it says in Isaiah 49 and 4. Then I said, I had labor in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and in vain. No purpose. You don't know your purpose? Why you are here? If you don't know the purpose for your life as Christians. Or if you are only living for yourself. Why? Why get up in the morning? Why put forth the effort? Life without purpose is activity without direction. It is motion without meaning. Life without purpose is trivial, petty, and pointless. So why, why we are here? Why we are in, on this earth? Well... Isaiah 43, 7, it says, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him, yes, I have made him. 
Every one who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory. That's the purpose. That's the number one purpose why you are here as Christians. To bring honor and glory in everything you say and do. And everything you involve is to bring honor and glory to our Heavenly Father. That's the number one purpose. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. When you realize that, everything you do is easy, you know. Sometimes people think that I work hard. Say, no, I'm on, on my vacations. I enjoy what I do. This is my life for 44 years. So I enjoy this. This is not work. They don't know what they are talking about. You know? We need to realize why we are here. You're being called through the gospel to be children of God. To have an abundant life. And to do everything. Every day. For the glory of God. When you know that, everything, piece of cake, everything is fine. No matter what, you're going to enjoy it. You are going to enjoy it. Everything that you're going to face. You are here to bring honor and glory to our Heavenly Father. That's our purpose. An undernourished spirit. Undernourished spirit. That's another killer of passion. You are going to have distractions and disappointments. You're going to have conflicts. And you are going to have changes and challenges. You are going to have problems and pressures. You're going to have frustrations and fears and failures and fatigue. I'm talking about me. I face all these. I copy all these for me. Yes, yes, that's, that's exactly right. Yes, all of these things fall on you to shrib shrivel, to shrink your spirit. So you must intentionally nourish your spirit. That's what we need to do in order to wake up and be strong in the Lord and continue doing the will of God and bringing honor and glory to God. Yes, that's how it works. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so we walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounded in it with thanksgiving. Yes, yes, we need to nourish our spirit. This is an individual responsibility. If you don't do, do it, nobody, nobody else is going to do it for you. I understand that the evangelist has to do his best to keep well nourished the, the brothers and sisters he served in the congregation. But still... This is an individual responsibility in order to keep our passion for God. So, it's so it is so important. Clutter lifestyle. Never mix 
spiritual and carnal. No, no, flesh and spirit. Never, never make a combination like that. <clears throat> You're going to lose your, your, your passion for God. Look what it says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despite the other. You cannot serve God and money. We need to be careful not to have a cluttered lifestyle. We have to prioritize. How? Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. That's number one priority. Okay? Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then don't worry about anything else. God is going to take care of us. No doubt, no doubt about it. So it is so, so important to realize all this. So tonight we talk for some time about passion. Passion for God. We need to be passionate Christians. Serving with all our heart, all our mind, all our strength. Every time, under any circumstance. Then we're going to please God and we're going to enjoy an abundant 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 life on earth so think about your passion let me uh, give you the last thoughts that I have here there are some questions to finish this how are you and your passion for God How are you and your passion for God? Are you just going through the motions? Are you red hot for God because he loves you that much? The truth is that you are as close to God as you choose to be. You can have as much of God as you want. And you can be as passionate about God as you want. Hope and pray that these thoughts could really help us to realize what kind of uh, Christian we should be. If there is anybody in the audience who hasn't obeyed the gospel call, today, tonight, is the time. Today is the day of salvation. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2 says that today is the day of salvation. What do you have to do? Well, obey that marvelous plan of salvation that Jesus left in the New Testament. You need to hear the word of God according to Romans 10, 17. You need to have faith in God. You need to believe that Christ is the Son of God according to John 3, 16. You have to repent of your sins according to Luke 13, 1 through 5. You, you have to confess that Christ is the Son of God according to Romans 10, 9 and 10. And be baptized for the remission of your sins according to Acts 2, 38. And for the salvation of your soul according to Mark 16, 15 and 16. 
Or perhaps there is a brother or sister who needs the prayers of the saint. Why don't you come forward while we stand and sing the song selected? We thank you for listening to our podcast put on by the Church of Christ at 2215 Plans Road in Bakersfield. If you would like any additional information or you would like to receive a free Bible correspondence course by mail, please email us at info at churchofchristbakersfield.com. Our service times are Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Please make plans to join us. We would love for you to be our honored guest.